This call may be recorded or transcribed. Hello, my father. All right, one, sec one second, Ernie. Let me put the hearing aid on. <clears throat> Again, you know, we can <clears throat> take a couple of weeks because this is a long chapter. And this is the one, one but last. So yeah, I didn't think it didn't feel that long. This one didn't feel that long to me because basically just everybody but dies. So it seemed really <laughs> simple in comparison mm. to the previous one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you want to do the summary? Yeah, one one second. I guess I can start talking. So my okay. perspective is that this is mostly about endings, right? The Sheik dies, he leaves his money to uh money. But you know yeah, before that, you know, they they go and discuss it with him, right? Or maybe only after that they discuss with him. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think last chapter they the the they talked with the Sheik, but the I mean the focus is the Sheik dies. He leaves half his money to Connie. Connie refuses the money. Uh, Connie goes off to die, and there's a huge, you know, series of pilgrimages and shrines and temples and everything being built at the the original airstrip. And and then the sister decides she needs to honor Connie's memory by basically becoming a nun and not marrying. It. Like even though. Um, Connie doesn't seem to think of himself as a prophet or really want any of this, but he feels like it's happened to him and he has to go with it. And the sister in Nadenza feels the same way. And um, so, yeah, kind of a bummer all the way around <laughs> from my perspective. I was curious how you read it. <clears throat> yeah, no, uh, no, I think, you know, um, the... Uh, before uh, they go to that, uh, interesting that the sheikh calls the majlis and includes three non-Muslim people, Captain Morrison and Tom Cutter and uh, Nadezna, which is very, very unusual. And then he bequeaths uh, half of his thing to uh, Connie. And then... Um, Ani, even though he refuses the money, then he does say, let there be schools and orphanages, let my name be on the schools and orphanages, if you wish, as one who loved Sheik, but they be in Baraka, and Baraka becomes a center for learning and security for the Persian Gulf, and uh, then he wants a school for engineers. The airstrip with hangers or men can learn my calling and my way of life. So he's focusing mostly on that, and then find their way to God by doing first-class work. That has been his um, teaching all along. We talked about it like, you know, ministry in daily living, uh, worshiping God, uh, like uh, your grandfather said, work is worship. So that's how he says that, but then he goes off on like... Um, 
This is to all the air, 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 um, airports, right? Hello, Ernie, are you there? Yeah, I'm listening. I'm eating lunch. Keep going. Okay, yeah. Now, now and then say, yeah, something. <laughs> I know you are there. Didn't drop off. Anyway, okay. um, then he decides to go back to uh, the uh, Damfree Pong to die. Which is interesting, also, right? And he mm -hmm. wants Hi. Maddie, Maddie asked me to come there, and he mentions that you know, if ha I hadn't been such a fool, I should have married her, right? You right. cut that one, uh, and then uh, so when he says that that he's going to go there to die, immediately. Both uh, Tom and uh, the new Sheikh Fahad jump into action and start building uh, places for him to stay and places for you know planes to land and all this other stuff. And later on, they expand it to uh, include uh, like a dorm for the visitors to stay and arrange for food from the villagers. The villagers are happy because you know they are able to get some money out of that. So. Um, a lot of minute details and interesting things, um, interaction between Fahad and uh, Tom and uh, Arjun Singh and uh, Connie, and, and also Nadesma is in there in between. So the interesting thing is, once he gets there to die, people keep coming uh, in pilgrimage to see him, and most of them just sit there. That's what um, he says that. Tom says, you never thought that pilgrims would be coming from 5,000 miles away to watch you talking to me and to pray beside your house. So uh -huh. he, he said, no, I'd never have thought of that. It's funny the way things turn out. And and he that's when he says, like you said, um, I didn't want to end up with this sort of reputation, Tom. All I ever wanted to be was an absolutely first-class ground engineer, the best in the world. And then he says, the truth of it is you can't do any job really well unless you are really good yourself. The perfect job demands a perfect man, and you can't separate the two. And only when he came to the East, he learned about religious ideas, and then he caught on to that. Uh, and the other thing he says is they're making up legends about him. He doesn't want that. So. Um, but Tom seems to agree with the Yusef Tan that he could have been a uh, holy person because uh, the, when he was born and when he was going to die, uh, because that guy Yusef Tan, who, who's a British uh, monk, mm. he mentions the he mentions where he was born. So, but uh, according and to Tom. He was born in Penang. He has a birth certificate, he says, but um, he says the Eastern people have a different idea when a person is born. So if he's conceived in the other place, because that's where her, his parents married, he was conceived there, mm -hmm. like, you know, you were conceived in <laughs> India. Right, yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> yeah. So, but, you know, you were born here. So that's one. And then the other thing is um, 
the according to the that guy, the teacher's ministry will last for four years and twenty three days, and depends upon when it started. And according to Connie, he didn't start teaching anything in Dampy Fong, but Tom says the guy um, who was there, Yu Min and Chai Tai Fung, were there at Dampy Fong, and they are the earliest disciples, and they're still following him. So if you add that, then he will die four years and uh, four years and twenty-three days would have been just about right. So fulfilling prophecy there. So then, uh, then comes the uh, interaction with uh, Nadesna and Tom. The two of them there. One is uh, first she says, um, uh, "I don't want to marry you, and I'll be letting down the people who believe in uh, Connie." So. That's the end of the chapter. So well, finally, yeah. she says, uh, she says basically, um, I'm not going to marry anybody. I'm going to go back to the convent. Like you said, it was the start of a monastery, right. monastic life. Yeah. Yeah, and she doesn't even want him to write, let alone visit her. Very much the same thing that he did to that girl in England. That girl did. He did that to that girl? Yeah. He said, like, like he broke it off and said, I'm never coming back. You know, I don't expect to hear from me. Like, he made a really sharp break. Hmm. Oh, I see. That's a, a parallel there. I didn't pick, I didn't pick on that. Pick up on mm -hmm. that. Two other things, if I can jump in now. Yeah. That I noticed. One was that the son of the sheik wanted to make all these improvements like yeah. schools and orphanages, but yeah. he knew that all the men of the place would see this as sort of being decadent and making them weak, which frankly yeah. is true, but the reality is is that way of life is dying, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's tragic in some ways, glorious in others, but either way it's inevitable and it's better to face reality and deal with it sooner rather than have it, you know, come upon you unawares. And so it's interesting uh, that Connie sort of solves that problem for them. The second thing that's yeah. interesting is that uh, this was the last temptation, temptation to use power for good. Yeah, right? yeah, that was very interesting um, uh, interaction there, yeah. Yeah, See, I, 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 I don't know. Sorry. all these contradictions. Yeah. Let me just finish this part. There's all these yeah. sort of seeming contradictions in Connie's character. Mm. Like, on the one hand, like, I don't want any money, but you can do all these things in my name with my money, and I'm fine yeah. with that. And then, like, yeah. you know, I'm just a guy, um, but, you know, I got to do this work. Uh, and also, like, I don't want people to, to worship me. So I'm going to go on this tour across all of Asia to try and convince them that I'm just a man and not a god, right? There's, yeah. like, yeah. I think he's sincere, and there's a certain mm. logic to it, but there is this fundamental tension between what uh, he thinks and what he does that, you know, yeah. could be a sign of genius, 
but could also be a sign that he's he himself doesn't really feel like he's being authentic. Mm. Right? There's a sense in which, like, he's playing a part because it's expected of him. Mm -hmm. And it's extraordinary that he has the character and the intellect and the compassion to play that part. Mm. And yet it doesn't feel quite real to him. At least that's the sense I got. Yeah. Uh, but I think he, he, does, he doesn't know. I mean, see, that's the difference. Uh, actually, I don't know too much about this, but I think Buddha also, Gautama Buddha, didn't want to be worshipped either. I think I need to read more into that because he didn't think that he, he gave a lot of teachings, but he didn't say he was God. But when he died, I think people picked up on it and started worshipping him. There were minor Buddhas and all kinds of stuff happen. So you may have, uh, the author may have picked up on that. Right, but did he, would he agree that he had, he was enlightened, the Buddha? Enlightened. The great soul, you know, that there is a sense in which, like, I agree that he didn't really claim or even aspire yeah, towards divinity. Yeah, yeah. But that, that may be a cultural thing that was imposed on him. On the other hand, I do yeah. think he was a teacher and was enlightened and he embraced those roles as one who has, you know, seen something and wanted to pass it on. Yeah. I don't think he was as conflicted about um, the role. So he had a role he chose for himself and he had a role that was thrust upon him of the divinity. And I feel like he was comfortable accepting the role he chose for himself and rejecting the role of divinity that was placed upon him. I feel like Connie did not reach that level of sensing that he was choosing this for himself. Yeah, I need to look into it more because I, I thought the divinity part for Buddha came after he died. Yeah. Whereas Tom is coming even before that, and you're right. I mean, he. Um, he but the thing is, I don't do think anyone. Happen. The thing is funny is that I don't think at this stage, anyone is calling him divine, you know. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe the Hindus are. The Muslims certainly are not. Right? The Muslims are calling him a prophet. But they're calling him a holy. Oh, sorry, Ernie. I, um, I came to the other room because mom was going to rest, and I must have pressed the wrong button to make him ring. Okay, anyway. All right. Anyway, I think you're right. All right. So we're trying to make him divine. Mm. So that's an issue. But all of them consider him holy. Yeah, definitely. No, no doubt about it. And he is, he never, he doesn't, he's not comfortable with that identity. And yet he feels like he can't escape that role of being yeah. a holy man. And certainly but he, the way the story mm. is presented, it does feel like yeah. there is some supernatural um, 
I guess we would call it an anointing in my charismatic circles. But there's a sense in which, yeah. like, he was set apart from birth for this. He looked like a priest even before he took on this job, right? Yeah. And he, he um, you know, uh, was extraordinarily gifted with both background and insight that spoke into this moment in a way that, you know, unified and transcended all the religions of the East, right? Yeah. So clearly yeah. there was something, you know, within the context of this story, there was something extraordinary going on. And, you know, Tom's alluded to himself and he talks about the first time I denied him, the second time, the third time, Yeah. right? And like, yeah. and so there's something going on um, yeah. which feels like it's somewhere, and this is, this is sort of an interesting question, like somewhere between how Connie thinks of himself and how the crowds receive him, the more thoughtful, yeah. even the more thoughtful, reflective versions of them. Like, mm. I wonder, is there a truth that actually uh, captures that? Or is this, there this fundamental dichotomy between his perspective of himself as just a man caught up in events and a figure sent from God? And one of those is wrong and the other is right. Um, or is there a way to harmonize those two? Mm. See, when, let's give a modern analogy. Uh, who was Martin Luther? He, he, he created a major, major uh, reformation. And in a sense, he would have been anointed for that purpose. God chose him to be. So that's interesting. That is a really, that because Christianity has this concept of incarnation, in some sense, he's the only really holy figure. We do have, in the Catholic tradition, the idea of saints. Yeah. And then in some sort of more modern traditions, we do have a sense of sort of people who are anointed and called and gifted for certain things. Yeah. And without any, you know, risk of confusing them with divinity. Mm. And so within our tradition, if someone was able to come, ah, the thing that's interesting, we may have talked about this before, is that really he only really talked about religion and, and ritual and observance and duty and devotion. Okay. There's nothing there that really talks about um, the sort of spirituality uh, that uh, I associate with Christianity, although there's certainly plenty of religion there too. Right, mm. the idea of uh, forgiveness of sins, the idea of intimacy with God, the idea of uh, of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I mean, yeah. those are maybe implicit in his themes of observance to religious rituals. Yeah. But it feels like there is this, ah, 
this is the interesting thing. This tension, the yeah. deep feeling between how he sees himself and the outward roles he's called to perform. Okay. It's not evidence in his teaching. His teaching is, well, actually, the way he ends up choosing is in some ways consistent with this religious, like, your religion is what you actually do. Right? And in some sense, yeah. in order to reach them, he has to sacrifice how he thinks of himself in order to live up to this religious ideal. So in that sense, it's authentic in the sense he's asking people to do what he himself has done. But the yeah. price of that is that Denza has to do the same thing. Like, it, it, you know, interestingly, weirdly, when I think about this, it actually gives me a little bit of a, uh, bitter is not the right word, but a, a, a sadness to this, is he built this wonderful edifice, but it's all just religion. It's all just works and duty yeah. and yeah. observance at the cost yeah. of intimate relationships. And it's funny, I had several conversations this week about, you know, to be a Christian, to me, is about growing closer to Jesus, which includes, you know, doing great works for God, but also includes yeah. intimate fellowship with God and being conformed to his character. And that all three of those, intimacy, character, and works, are sort of intentions. But they're all necessary. And if you have a Christianity that focuses on, on just one or even just two, it ends up really unhealthy. Yeah. And um, in some ways, like he solved a problem of reconciling traditional Asian religion with modernity. And, I, you know, part of me wants to say, this is amazing. Like this has actually happened in real life. Wouldn't it have been wonderful to avoid all these religious wars and help these countries bring their spirituality and their traditions into the modern age. On the other hand, mm. looking at it from this lens, I'm now saying from this perspective, it's like, in some ways it's kind of a dark future uh, because it um, almost cements sort of the worst workaholic aspects of Western culture on top of these Asian foundations. And you know, I, I spent a lot of my time fighting against that culture here in Silicon Valley. And so it's kind of a, uh, from this perspective, almost dystopian to have it so embedded there, which is not a, a conclusion I was expecting, though I may have said something about something like this before. Anyway. No, that, well, that let's, uh, can, can I pass, pause a little bit and ask you a question? Sure. You said in the Silicon Valley you're fighting this. What is this? The, I think I told you this before, right? In Silicon Valley, we worship our work, work at our play, and play at our worship. Ernie, um, okay, that's opposite of what this is, right? Here, work is worship. You're saying worship is work. Like I said, people worship their work, and work is worship. It's a, it's a subtle distinction that, I mean, I actually think it is fair to say that Connie worshipped his work. He wanted nothing more than to be a great airplane mechanic. Well, he said that many I, times. Would, I would argue with that. I would argue with that. There's a subtle distinction between worshipping your work and work 
as worship. I understand, Dad. Work as a way of me, serving God. Yeah, but look, Dad. But, I agree but, but, that see, you, you may make that distinction. Okay. It is no, not clear to me. It's totally different. Totally sorry, different, wait, sorry. That, what is, uh, Dad? I'm not clear what you're saying. Are you saying that mm. Connie believed that, or that you believe that? No, I think those two are two different things. I agree so with you. I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying that for Con but from Connie's perspective, I'm arguing that Connie worshipped his work. I, I disagree. But anyway, go ahead. So, so what what, do, what would you say that Connie worshipped? What does Connie worship? He worships God through his work. Does he? Yeah. That's what Can you give me any evidence of that from the text? Yeah, uh, here, let me read that. Or even just what you remember, you don't have to quote it, but go it ahead. Right here, it uh, wasn't until I, see, it wasn't until I came out of the East and learned something about religious ideas and began to cotton on what it's all about. So, um, for him, it is, um, Sorry, I don't see anything in that hey, quote. When you, when you worship, when you worship work, Bernie, what? When, when you say you worship work, when you worship work, you're focusing on work. Whereas when you when work is worship, you're doing your work as if it's worshiping God. Dad, it's a difference. Dad, you're you're serving God. You're serving God by your work. Whereas when you worship work, you're you're completely. Uh, Obsessed by it, you're basically spending time there. You are giving it priority uh, over other things. That's how when you worship work. Whereas when you work as worship, you still are serving God. You still serve loving the neighbor through your work. That's how I look at it. This is fascinating, Hello? sir. I, I can hear you. This is Hello? fascinating, Father, mm. because I have never denied that you believe that. I have never denied that that is true. But you seem quite exercised in making this point to me. Well, we may have to pick it up. It's 11.57. <laughs> I know. We'll talk about it again. Yeah. I think it's going to come I'm sure it will come up in the next one. But let me just... Make a statement to see if you can hear what I say. Okay. My perspective is that Connie, not you, not reality, but in Connie's eye, I believe Connie worships his work. No. You re can you repeat back, that back to me just to make sure I know that you heard what I say? Yeah, yeah so not my, my perspective, but from what you read in this chapter or in this book, you said that Connie worshipped work. I disagree. Right. And I agree that's different than work is worship. Yeah, but you know, he, he had three different religions coming in there. If he worshipped okay. work, right. how would that's it work? That's actually my point. It wouldn't work. What? Sorry. No. The, 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 I'm not saying the people who followed him worshipped work. I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying Connie himself 
worshipped his work, even if what he preached was work as worship. So maybe we'll pick this up again, and maybe you can ponder what yeah. I said, and can actually <laughs> if it makes sense to you, or if it's a non sequitur because it doesn't fit something. But I think this is a good okay. place to leave. Okay. All right. Okay, Mark. Have a good day. Have a good day. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, love you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.